All right, as promised for episode 19 of Kicking It with Breezy and Don C, we've got a special guest here joining us today from Orlando, Florida, Wingate University basketball alum, Zarek Lawler, a.k.a. Zebo. Zebo, how we doing, man? I'm doing good, Donnie. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great, great. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, you know, Zebo's been one of our fans of this podcast. I've actually gotten to call some basketball to Zebo. I know, Danny, you know him as well, but... Um, really great guy. Also a very big basketball fan, probably as big as me and Danny, I would say so myself. Um, but Zarek, I want to ask you just to give some information to our listeners. How did you get into basketball being from Orlando and coming over to Wingate for your college career? And where are you at right now when it comes to your professional career as a basketball player? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, as long as I can remember, um, I've always liked basketball. Uh, my dad is probably the, the sole, uh, you could blame him for my basketball love and basketball career. He he um he played in college. He obviously you know I high school college and actually played a little bit in the pros. But um yeah, just kind of growing up seeing him play and 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 hearing all the stories and and, and kind of you know even watching some of his film is you know that love kind of kind of flourished as I got older. And you know he actually was a Division two athlete. He played um, basketball and he played baseball as well. But he won a national championship in 1984. Um, for uh, Central Missouri State, so you know, kind of being under that, you know, that shadow and seeing that every every day and hearing, like I said, hearing the stories, it's you know, there's not much more you can. I, I could say I was blessed, like I couldn't ask for anything more. So just you know, being around that and and uh, and, and kind of hearing, you know, what I need to do to get to that next level was was something that I just always strive for. So you know, going in and uh, obviously Orlando. I'm originally from Minnesota, so I was born in Minnesota. I moved to Orlando when I was five. Um, getting to Orlando, I think, you know, I was like five or six. That was kind of the, the thing where, you know, most parents were like, all right, we'll put him in a lot of sports. I think my dad kind of put just like, you know what, let's just put him in basketball. Um, you know, baseball, I really liked. That was like the first sport I kind of kind of gravitated to. But my attention span was, was a little bit kind of less for baseball. No disrespect <laughs> to baseball, but I just, right. I always, you know, I just had to be doing some basketball, such a, you know, fast-paced game. My dad's like, let's just put him in basketball and, see how he does and the rest is kind of history um i uh you know went to orangewood christian school so it was a private school in in orlando florida to uh maitland florida it's actually next to winter park which i don't know if you guys are familiar with austin mm-hmm. rivers went to yeah winter park high school so um yeah i kind of you know i kind of got a lot of, and and when i was you know in high school and in middle school orlando basketball you know central florida basketball was was booming man i mean there's a lot of names that came out of there you know from i would probably want to say that you know 2010 or 09 to about 2014 when I was there that, you know, like I said, Austin Rivers, you know, even Brandon Knight was in and out of there. You know, you could go back further and, you know, you get Vince Carter who's, you know, in Daytona Beach and whatnot. But there was a lot of, a lot of good hoopers. So growing up, being in that, you know, kind of environment was, was really good because, I mean, going, you go to the Winter Park YMCA and you, you're playing against Austin Rivers and, and, and Kendrick Perry and all these guys that are now, you know, in the NBA or overseas. You know, you kind of, you, you, you wasn't uh, any chumps out there to say the least. So <laughs> that was, you know, that was fun just kind of being in that atmosphere. And, and it, it got you, you know, it really got you a lot better. I mean, uh, like you said, the Winter Park team, the Winter Park High School team there, I mean, they had a lot of product that, that went, like you said, went overseas or, or, or went to the NBA. I don't know if you remember Dunk City um, from FGCU when they made that run in the tournament. Their starting point guard, Brett Comer, he was, he was there. And there was a lot of guys that I looked up to and, and, you know, 
back then where I'd, I'd talk to and ask him what I needed to do, and it, it helped me. It definitely helped me. And fast forwarding to my senior year, I you know I had a couple couple offers here and there, and, and you know I went my visits, and I think my last visit I went on was um, Missouri State. And after that, I, you know, I, it was actually on the on the bus, or not, sorry, on the bus, on the plane. I'm about to go on the plane, and I called Coach Good up, and and I said, "Hey, Coach Good, uh, I uh, think I'm ready to um, to commit." And I could hear Coach Kirk, and I, you guys are feeling Coach Kirk. He goes, "Yeah!" <laughs> and they were super happy. And and uh, crazy story with them is 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 my freshman year of high school. I was playing in a tournament, and I was playing up. I was playing in a, that um, was a 15. So I think I was playing in a 16 or 17. It was over in, in, in Disney. And I remember vividly, and it's such a weird memory. I was coming out of the bathroom, and a coach walked by, and I saw Wingate on it. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten an email from them. And I, you know, I'm a, you know I'm, I was a freshman in, in high school. You know, I was like, oh, this is cool, this is cool, but... And I, I didn't, you know, not, I shouldn't say I didn't think much of it, but, you know, I kind of just took right. awesome. Like I got a, you know, a little, a little email from a co or from a college, but I distinctively remembered it. And looking back, it was coach good. Uh, you know, okay. I, I mean, I, I could spot him anywhere. So fast forwarding <laughs> to, I think going into my senior year, I ended up going to a camp, um, going to the Wingate camp that they had invited me to. My mom drove up there with me. And uh, Coach Good, he, I mean, he loved me. I mean, he offered me right in the spot uh, after after the camp and said, we want you to be here for the next four years. And told him I'd take some time. So then, like I said, you know, before I got the plane, I committed there. And um, the rest is history, man. That was one of the best decisions I ever made. I mean, I know you guys can probably attest uh, Wingate's a great place to, to not only be a student, but also, you know, to be within the athletics. Um, and, I mean, even you, Donnie, you, you know, you're not might be playing a sport, but you're over there announcing and we got espn i mean it's, it's it's a great atmosphere so being there i mean we had some pretty you know good runs um uh, played with a, a lot of good players um was coached by a lot of you know former alum that did really well and um like i said i don't, I don't know what more i could i mean i'm you know the viewers out there i should say the listeners sorry um probably don't know as much as, as us three do but it was it was a fun time um i think my my sophomore year we made it uh, to what the second round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, my junior year, we made it to the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, we, we had a, a lot of good teams. I know we have a couple rec- records within those two years. And I mean, Coach Good in his era said, I think my sophomore year was probably one of the, the best teams he's probably coached. And I would probably have to agree. I and mean, I mean, he's had some really good teams, but when it comes to depth and it comes to, you know, the, the, the players that we had, I mean, we, I think we were, Including and and don't quote me on this, but it, it's up there. Including Division One and Division Two, we were one of only schools that I think had six to seven players that averaged double digits. Wow! So that was like, yeah, that was that was crazy, crazy for us, and that's what made us so dangerous. I mean, we had you know one night Josh Dominguez is scoring thirty points, the next night Mike Baez is scoring you know thirty, and then all of a sudden me, you know, I'll score twenty five, and then the next you know next night Ant, you know Anthony Doyle scoring twenty two, and you know, so it was just, it was it was hard for teams to kind of get to know us because any at any point, you know, we could have someone is just going to go off, and and that a lot of the credit goes to the, to the coaches because they did a really good job with with recruiting, and you know, y'all know Kerrigan. I mean, Kerrigan Farley was mm-hmm. a huge part, um, huge part in those those all those teams, and and it sucks because he was hurt a lot of times, but 
you know, as you can see now, he's on the coaching staff and, and his brains and a lot of the things was one of the reasons why we're successful too. But definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, they, they, like I said, it was a great four years and I ended up, I didn't end my college career how I wanted to. I ended up breaking my foot uh, in the first round of the conference tourney and um, that kind of was it for me for college. I mean, it was in the first like five minutes, freak accident too. Came up on a rebound, came down. So that for me, I think was real um, eye-opening and pivotal just because again, I was, I was, a senior so it was like for me obviously my goal was to to be a professional athlete and play pro ball and you know same with my dad like I said my dad played a little bit of pro he ended up playing for Seattle and he ended up tearing his Achilles and that kind of ended his career so it was like for me you know it's kind of like damn same thing that happened you know like you know I, I you know I got it I got to fulfill my goal so when I graduated um you know I got better whatnot but I still kind of was just like, well, I don't know, like, you know, it's kind of, it's already summer. Some guys are, have already been doing this, yada, yada, yada. And I ended up getting a job, but I kind of sat there and I was like, look, if I'm the, you know, if I'm this 50 year old, 45 year old guy, I'm sitting here and I don't at least try and achieve my goal or try my goal. I'm going to be pissed at myself, Mm -hmm. especially if it's, you know, a goal that's been of mine since I was, you know, five years old, four years old, as long as I could remember. So from there, I was like, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm going to go after, I'm going to get after it. You know, I'm going to, um, keep working so I, you know I went to a couple um, went to a couple camps a couple tryouts um, I went to a couple G League tryouts made it to the second third round really liked me um, ended up getting cut I think right before training camp and then you know for me it was kind of just like all right you know I'm just go working and end up signing an agent which I don't I mean, a lot of people might not understand but it's, it can be kind of tough getting that getting an agent just because you know one it's like it's their business and they want to get a you know a good uh a good player mm-hmm. they obviously get them the money that they want or get that player you know signed but two it's i was you know i was hurt i was hurt off, off the senior year and i wouldn't call myself damaged goods but you know anytime you say oh he, you know he was injured and that it's a little tougher but uh, i got a good opportunity with an agent he was based out of atlanta now he's in tennessee aaron Ullman, and me and his relationship has been really good so he's been he's been kind of you know my my support and and kind of getting my name out there this summer for me probably will be one of the biggest um summers for me because it's just i mean i'm i'm, I'm back healthy I'm, I'm fresh and I, you guys follow me on on social media but i know ever since i broke my foot i kind of that like i kind of put on this thing where i'm like I, I gotta make sure that i'm you know as strong as i can possibly be as healthy as i can possibly be because i would say i was a hard worker in college but when i got out of it and i got the opportunity to be around some pros that play now and be around some coaches, you know, professional coaches, professional scouts. I mean, it's, it's a whole nother level, man. It's a whole nother mm-hmm. level. And it, and I always tell people it's, it's not, it's not like, you know, you, you get to that, you know, you get that chance and all of a sudden there's this magic potion that, that someone gives you and you drink it. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like, no, like, you know, I, I would go and I, I kind of mentioned this to you, Donnie. I, tra- I had the opportunity to train with like, um, uh, Anthony Morrow, yeah. um, Anthony Gill, Brian Roberts, so a lot of ex-NBA guys and, and high-level overseas guys. And, you know, we're going there and we're doing some simple through-the-leg crossover, you know, pull-up jumpers, but it's the level of intensity and how hard they're doing it and the, the expectation that they have to those drills, which makes them the pros that they are. So it's, you know, if we're shooting seven shots, 
you better make you know seven shots within the drill you better make five to six of those of those shots if you don't we're restarting so now the whole group has to go so now it's you know me this you know this kid coming from a small division two school and i'm shooting here with anthony morrow you know big time <laughs> shooter in the nba and it's like hey, you better make the shot young and if you don't the whole team's got to go and now we're about to you know we're about to get on you so you know it's when I when I started to notice that I'm like yeah like a, a lot of what you know I had obviously in college was great but now it's a different level like this is where you know the boys become men so right. I've, I've tried to change my body I've tried to change you know my quickness you know especially my foot because obviously that was you know weak for a while but um it, it's like I said it's it's I've been blessed just going on because a lot of people don't really get the opportunities I mentioned to you actually was actually I think it was when we were on uh, on air doing. Um, broadcasting that mm-hmm. I'll play, I'm playing with the semi-pro team. They're based out of Fort Mill, um, South Carolina, but near Charlotte, but primetime players. Yes. So we're playing actually in the, they play in the TBT every summer. Yeah, that's I'm right. Open, obviously, um, I'm hoping obviously this, you know, this Corona stuff kind of dies down because I was telling my buddy, I said, you know, basket, if they do cancel the NBA season, you know, until next year, I said, that's going to be the next, you know, basketball or, or I would say even sporting event that would air on TV. I said, this might be the biggest year they've ever had. And yeah, that's true. Um, we've, you know, the past couple of years, I know they've prime time. This is only my second year playing with them, but they've had some pretty good runs in the TPT. So I'm excited for that. And it, it's a good exposure opportunity. I mean, I know a lot of scouts um, overseas, G league, NBA, they're, they're all in attendance and you're playing against good competition. So, um, I'm excited for that. Um, like I said, I play with the, the, that semi-pro team there. We also play in a, a semi-pro league um, called the ECBL. So we play mm-hmm. all up and down the East Coast from Atlanta all the way up to Virginia. So it's it's good. I mean, we play against I mean, a lot of you know either former or current um, pros. So it's not you know it's, it's a semi-pro league, which can kind of get it sometimes in certain areas a negative connotation, but. The, the management within it and the players that it's attracted, they've done a really, really good job in putting it together and, and getting really good players um, in, in the league. So and I know for our team, they, a lot of people call it the Wingate alum. I mean, we've probably got maybe four or five guys that have played at Wingate. Um, oh, wow. Actually, yeah, yeah, Sean Barnett, he yeah. plays with us still. Um, he's Wingate's all-time leading. He was actually the South Atlantic Conference all-time leading scorer before it got broke um, my senior year by a guy at, um, at Carson Newman. But yeah, Sean plays with us right now. He plays over in Romania. Really good player. Really good player. Um, obviously, me from Wingate, Odell Turner, Jamie Bond, and a lot of the players. I mean, named right on that batter. Just are there. I mean, would be considered Wingate legends. I mean, Odell Turner. He. Uh, all-time leading rebounder in the sack at Wingate, Jamie Bonds, top ten scorer at Wingate. So it's we, you know, we've had a pretty good team um, with the semi-pro team. And again, I don't really, I don't for most, you know, for listeners out there, and I guess you know, with Wingate, we've, Wingate, there's not very many times where the sports are kind of lacking. So if it's you have a team that's attracting those type of top-tier players, that's just to kind of say something about the league and and the type of team that that we had. So right. I've been nothing but grateful, man. Um, nothing but grateful for my post, you know, post career at the moment. And it's, you know, everything I, like I said, has kind of been blessed, blessed by God, you know, putting the right people in my life and things I should say that a lot of people, you know, would want. So I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited. Hopefully just, you know, all this, 
this coronavirus stuff, man, just just ends. I've been I've been yes itching to to get back on the court and and get back out there. But virus stuff, God willing, it ends soon. Uh, because one thing that we all got to witness, I know you and Danny, of course, uh, and myself got to witness last night was the last dance. The first two parts of that 10-part documentary documenting the Chicago Bulls in that season. Um, what were your initial reactions to that? And what do you expect, at least, for the next uh, parts of the episode? So, I I loved it. I loved it, man. Um, like I said, you know, growing up, I always tell people, like, a lot of kids, like you know, grew up on Garney or Veggie Tales or a lot of stuff. And I, I, I did watch that, but I, I grew up on, on basketball docs. And, and one of my, two of my favorite ones were Come Fly With Me and Learning to Fly. And they're two, I don't know if you guys have seen them, they're two Michael Jordan documentaries. Mm-hmm. And one is kind of just in, in bow on, on Michael Jordan and, and uh, you know, how he, he kind of got brought up. Similar to, to what we watched yesterday, just probably a little bit more in-depth. And I actually think they use... Yesterday, I noticed they used a lot of some of the clips from um, "Come Fly with Me" and "Learning to Fly," which was funny. But I, I mean, it, I think it's great. And I think I, I saw someone tweeted, um, might have been Greenberg from ESPN, saying, "You know, fasten your seatbelts; it's going to be a wild ride." I think, I think it's going to be great. Um, I, I, I was talking to one of my buddies from Orlando, and I was just saying, you know, a lot of times, and I know you guys probably, you know, can attest to this, and. and and vouch for this. The older you get, a lot of times players' names get slandered, mm-hmm. and and you know obviously there's the whole Kobe, who's better, Kobe, LeBron, Michael, this and that. And you know, I think this is a good little refresher for some people that might not know, for even you know players in different generations that might not know his greatness. And I mean, even yesterday, the two hours that we watched, I mean, you really saw his greatness. I was talking to somebody, and when he was talking. When they had the scene where he said to uh, Danny Ainge, "Hey, tell DJ I got some for him," and it was right <laughs> after he had forty-nine points. Right. I was like, if I would have been Danny Ainge and I heard someone, you know, I heard you know Michael tell me, "Hey, tell your tell your boy I got some from tonight," I would have been like, "What do you mean? You had you just had a fifty piece? Like, <laughs> what what more can you do?" You know? Exactly. He goes out there and drops sixty-three, but you no, know, I liked it. I, I I really liked it, man. It was I think it was really well done. I mean, we still got eight episodes to go. Oh my gosh, that excites me the most. I can't believe, I mean, I saw Twitter blowing up. Uh, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I mean, you know, many people were saying, uh, you know, drop them all. I could stay up till 4, 6 a.m. Danny, what were your what were your initial reactions to it? I'm I'm curious to hear from you being that you're such a big LeBron guy. and know Zebo just mentioned that, you know, that might have been a reminder of who the actual GOAT may be. Yeah, I mean, for me watching that, like some of the things that really stood out to me were, like Zebo said, I mean, what Mike was doing so early on, like to be able to have that effect and say those things to Danny Ainge, right? Like he was on a team that Celtics team was legendary. I mean, you can list forever the amount of accomplishments and the guys on that team, right? And for Jordan to come out and do what he did and literally take Bill Walton out of the game, take Dennis Johnson out of the game because he's just attacking, full attack mode, to have that effect in your what? Second season, the end of your second season? after an injury, after missing so many games, like, it's incredible to think of the effect that MJ not only had on his team, but on the league, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when when he was just starting his career, how many times did we see in those first two hours a coach talking about he was the best player in America when he was in high school, best player in the world when he was in college, played the Olympics, he's the best player in the world. After his second season, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson calling him 
the most exciting player, best player, right? This is year two. <laughs> year two, year three. You know, there, when we talk about LeBron, right? You, you know, you're right. I am a LeBron guy. I'm not a heavy, heavy, heavy LeBron guy. I, in, in this league, I am. You know, I'm a heavier Steph Curry guy than I am because of the, the history with him. But, you know, in terms of LeBron, right, he had the most hype coming out of high school by far. Like, the most, the most, the most hype. And right. the first couple of years, like, we recognized LeBron was something special. We recognized the greatness, but it was rare to hear things about LeBron that we were hearing about MJ from legends. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear it behind closed doors, you didn't hear it out in the open like they were saying it back then. And that's pretty insane to think about. And another thing that stuck out, stuck out to me that didn't have much to do with Jordan, but was how different contracts were assembled back then. Like, I was, I was thinking, how... How is it possible that Scottie Pippen signing a seven-year deal? And then I start to look up the details because I wanted to look into that. And Ron Harper was on a five-year deal. Tony Kukoc signed an eight-year deal and then restructured it to a six-year deal, right? Like, they're on crazy long deals, whereas now, I mean, who's signing longer than a two-year deal unless you're getting the super, super, super max from the team that you've been on. Everybody's signing a two-year deal with a player option. It's so different. It's so player-focused, whereas that team, you could tell, was so team-focused. Even from Mike saying, if you kick Phil out, you know, talking to the owner, who obviously was a big part of these first two hours, Jerry Krause, right? When he said, Phil, this is your last year, or we're thinking about moving on, Mike goes, all right, if you move on from Phil, then I'm not playing. Then I'm going home. (laughs) When have we seen that? How many times have we really, really seen that from players? Like, in terms of LeBron, right, me being a LeBron guy, LeBron does the exact opposite. LeBron's like, I don't care who you bring in, just make sure he doesn't talk too much because I'm the coach of this team. Like, that, that's how he plays, right? And then when you talk about now the coaches now on the best team, Steve Kerr and Golden State, you know, all these coaches, even Luke Walton when he was at the Lakers at the beginning and now, uh, what's his name is there? What's the guy's name who coaches there now? Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel, right? Like, these are not guys who are outspoken, crazy, like, the architect, right? Like, they're calling Phil Jackson that these types of things, saying he has that much of an effect. That's so different than it was, than it is now. And that, for me, really stuck out, that that team was really together. Obviously, there was a little bit of that Scotty and Jordan, were they really that close? You know, was there a little resentment from Pippen when he came in? Because we saw how confident he was, right? But that team was so together, right? They were They wanted to be... Chicago's team. They wanted to be the best team in the U.S. So for me, looking forward, uh, I can't wait to see everything else, man. For them to spotlight Pippen a little bit like that, I, I'm, I can't wait for them to spotlight a couple more pieces of that puzzle, you know, highlight some of those those crazy moments similar to the 63-point game because for me, I, I want to see what happened. I want to see the ins and outs of that season. Obviously, that was I was one years old, you know, when, when this one year old, when, when this was happening. So obviously I didn't know really what was going on, but being able to sit with my dad, like I'm sure, you know, you guys talk with your parents and with other people who have played about living through this and how much of this did you know? And how much of this are we both seeing for the first time? And the funny thing, you know, I mentioned to my dad, the last thing is that if people weren't doing this before, if the best players were not getting all this footage, thinking about making documentaries, they sure as heck are now because mm-hmm. in every sport now you're seeing that these types of things are so important, engaging, like a truth, truly like engaged fan. Because for me now, I didn't even get to watch MJ that much, right? That closely in his prime, prime years. And being able to see this just 
like Z said, like it brings you really in depth to see what's really going on. And for me, that that's super important, and it's and it's super interesting. And like I said to you, Donnie, you know, before we came on air, this is going to break absolutely every ESPN record. I've never seen the the response to anything like I saw from this and from basketball players and just sports fans alike. So you know, I think for this to be the first weekend that it came out, I can only imagine what what next Sunday is going to be like. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm echoing all of what you all said. You know, I 100% agree. Uh, watching it last night, really, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. Um, you know, we had just eaten dinner, and I told everybody in my house, I said, you know, I, I love you guys, but from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m., please don't talk to me. Please don't distract me. Please, you know, don't put anything in my face that's not the last dance. And I was not disappointed. I thought it was phenomenal. Uh, one thing that I do hate was, you know, that Jerry Krause, uh, you know, the GM that got so much – really slander like Zebo mentioned isn't alive really to tell his you know side of the story he passed away in 2017 so again rest in peace to him but again I mean that was just it made me like a ton of other NBA players think and say go ahead and drop all eight I mean really at this point uh it was phenomenal but real quickly before we get into our next topic I want to ask uh Zebo you know we got to watch those classic games we got to see those classic Michael Jordan moments but of course, one thing that's you know affiliated with Mike, like no other, is that signature you know Jordan line of shoes. So Zebo, what is your favorite Jordan silhouette? And did you see it last night? You know, maybe if it was a Jordan one, the thirteens that he had, the I got games or the flu game twelves. What's your favorite Jordan? Oh my! I, it's funny. I knew you were going to ask this. And <laughs> I'm actually, I was moving. Uh, I, I moved out of my apartment and, and just moved into my new one, and uh, obviously. I don't know. I mean, I think you guys know. I'm I'm a big I'm a big shoe guy. I mean, we are too. Movie and she's like, you have way too many shoes. I was like, there's no such thing. No exactly. Such thing. <laughs> but uh, I I got it. I got to go with the 11s, man. I got yeah. a pair of Space Jams, mm. and I had a pair. I actually my whole sophomore year, I played in the Georgetown 11 lows. And some people are kind of some people are kind of up and down with with if they like to play in Jordans, but. The 11s. I mean, you can use them for style, and 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 you can put, you can hoop in them. I, I like I said, I like to hoop in them. I haven't ever hooped in the high tops, um, but but uh, yeah, I I gotta go with the 11s. My my Space Jams are are my favorite favorite pair of Jays, and I think I don't know I don't know if I saw him wear them last night. He might have when he was shooting was wearing some some cherries. I think he yeah, was we- he was definitely wearing Concord 11s in one of those beginning scenes. Uh, when he was getting Maybe, shots yeah. up in the facility, yeah, definitely, Danny. I want to you know throw it over to you. I know that we've talked about Jordans time and time again on this podcast, but with the shoes that were shown last night between his classic ones, like Zeba mentioned, the Elevens, the Thirteens. What do you feel like was the best look for him on his feet when he was playing on the court? Yeah, I mean, for me, in general, and on MJ and the story behind and the classics and the and the retro colorways, for me, you cannot be a nice 1985 Jordan 1. And for me, what was mm-hmm. crazy, right, is I love I love a good Jordan 1. Everybody who knows me I, knows I like the highs, the lows. But as I'm looking at my collection now, like, I don't respect the retros and the classics nearly as much as I should, considering how much I preach, you know, <laughs> mixing the hype beast and the current sneakerhead vibe with the classics. As I look at my Nigel Sylvester ones and Turbo Green ones that have released in the last two years, right? So as I'm watching, I had to restrict myself because the shoe that I love and that, Donnie, we've talked about. I've been super on the fence about, but one that I'm definitely going to buy here soon is a six. 
Mm-hmm. Man, when I see, like, the infrared sixes, like, the classic mm-hmm. shoe, you know, that he won his first title in, like, there's so much love. Like, there's so much appreciation for that shoe. Such a special shoe. But I don't know if you guys caught it, but I saw a little video, I think on Twitter, with a classic shoe guy in a, a, from some company talking about when Mike had the ankle injury and the Jordan 1s with the strap for his ankle. That is a class. I mean, that's a classic, classic memory. And he was talking about how those shoes in still pristine condition are auctioning off for like thirty or $40,000. I can imagine, yeah. For the, for the strapped ones. So for me, I, just, I can't beat a nice pair of ones, man. In terms of walking around, pregame, you know, stunting around even with some jeans, anything, man, you can't beat them high top Jordan 1. So that's for me going to – until I see something crazy maybe in my face, maybe a classic six or something, Jordan 1's got the title for me. Yeah, I can't really disagree. I think with Zebo 11s I think look the best when you talk about style. But when you go to the classics, like Danny said, the 1s are undefeated. I mean, you can't get any better than that Jordan 1. I love that New Beginnings pack that dropped uh, earlier this year during All-Star, All-Star Weekend with the 84 Jordan 1 and the 85 Jordan 1. But we could talk shoes all day. Uh, but the main reason why we brought Zebo on this podcast, being you know he's got a great basketball mind, has an you know outstanding resume so far in his career, he tagged me. I don't know if he tagged you, Danny, but he tagged me in this post the other day that he put on his Instagram account of a one-on-one tournament um, with you know multiple NBA players that have come and gone, past, present, you name it. And we wanted to bring Zebo on for us to have really just a consensus bracket or bracketology if you will when you look at all these matchups so Zebo, can you go ahead and give us some of the quick parameters and stuff that you know involves when it comes to the rules and what we're really picking when it comes to this one-on-one tournament for sure and first i gotta add we gotta make sure we want to do this because when you get basketball minds like all three of us it gets heated it does i mean i to be honest, I can't take all the credit. Like I said, one of my, my buddies, long, long time friend, he, he introduced this to me, and I think we dedicated one whole night, and we're like, dude, let's just sit down. There's nothing else we better to do. And one of our other buddies sat down, and we just went at it. I mean, we went through all, all the whole the whole bracket. And, um, but, no, I think, like I said, we, we had it going to 11, ones and twos. Okay. Uh, all three dribbles only. Three dribbles only. Um, again, I think that kind of makes it – you know, if it's a big versus, you know, you got Shaq versus, or let's see, if, even if they'll play Shaq versus Steph, I mean, Shaq's got to take all the dribbles he wants in the world and, <laughs> and, and go and lay it in. So but we figured three dribbles, which, I mean, most players play three dribbles anyway, would, be, would suffice and, and kind of make it a better uh, game for, for some players. Awesome. All right, so, Danny, you agree to these rules? Are you ready to dive in? I'm ready. And, and, and before we start, Zebo. I don't need you coming in on our podcast questioning if we can handle the heat, okay? <laughs> if you've heard our podcast once, if you've heard our podcast once or twice, me and Donnie do not refrain from arguing and debating things in a heated way. So for you to, you know what? For you to come on our podcast and for you to question if we can handle the heat, our, you already got on the wrong foot here. So now I might just have to go. No, I'm kidding. But no, I, I'm I'm ready to do this, man. I think those rules, like Zebo mentioned, are they really will affect some of these matchups for sure because if we're talking dribbles as many times as you want this would be a pretty easy bracket to fill out but because it's not i'm very interested to see some of these matchups and some of the debate that comes so let's let's get into it let's do it all right let's start on the left side uh for listening purposes we're just gonna you know go through each matchup and then we're gonna update it you know on hand me and zebo and danny all are gonna 
you know, look at the bracket and fill it in as we go. But um, we're pretty much just going to do best two out of three, uh, unless there is, you know, a consensus number one. Uh, we're going to move that person on. Let's start though with a matchup that I think, to me, it's a no-brainer: LeBron James versus James Harden. And before again, we really get into this. Are we going to go ahead and say that all these guys are in their primes? Okay. Yeah, All right. Fair. Okay. So prime LeBron against prime Harden, which you could say is Harden right now. You could say is LeBron right now. Who wins between those two guys? Uh, I gotta go LeBron, man. I gotta go LeBron. Uh, James Harden is is a killer. Don't get me wrong, but I think when it comes to James going, look, James Harden that is going on defense and just the, the size and the physicality of LeBron and and I mean if we're taking, I mean we're taking prime LeBron, which I think might be some year in Miami. Yes, um, agreed. On which year? I mean, it, it, it's 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 hard it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat. And I, I, like I said, I think if you have three dribbles, one two, and he's in the lane, I don't think James can can do much. And and James kind of already is. Like I said, his defense is very suspect. Very <laughs> suspect. Well said. All right, I'm gonna go with LeBron too, only because I think of James Harden, and I think of you know immediately immediately thinking of eight or nine dribbles and step backs and step backs. So to me, Harden's out, easy, Bron. Danny, I'm guessing that you're going to say the same thing. There's not much to say on this one. Let's be honest here. If Zebo said instead of three dribbles it was 30, I think this might be a closer, really closer debate. But because it's three, James Harden's going to move three inches to the left and throw up a three. And when you talk about make it, take it to 11, LeBron's going to take three power steps, lay it up, maybe miss once and win this probably 11-3 or something. So no-brainer. LeBron's moving on. Awesome. All right. LeBron beats James Harden. Easy matchup one. Moving on to our next matchup right below is a tough one. And it's two guys that are, you know, transcendent to the game. Giannis, who we all know, as people always say, you know, Donnie, we know you're a Giannis guy. I know. And I'll take that 100%. Giannis against Larry Legend. I'm going to say Giannis only because I think that, you know, I, I'm, I'm biased, uh, of course, but when I think of Giannis, I think of, again, those, those three dribbles, but I think of how much ground he covers in those three dribbles. And I think that if he gets one step on Larry Bird, he's finishing no matter what at the rim, whether it's at the rim, whether it's a layup or a floater. I've got Giannis. Danny, who do you have? This one, truthfully, is a hard one for me, man, because I get what you're saying and where you're coming from when you talk about Giannis with three steps. But it's a different three steps when you're getting the ball at mid-court on a transition, you know, off a turnover, which is, let's be real, where he gets 80% of his points in transition and running people over. Whereas from the top of the key, right, three steps, if Larry can move his feet, which we know who Larry played with back in the day, big guys in the middle who really held the defensive standard, like, Larry's so technical, though, right? He's so technical. He has great mid-range game. You know what? I'm going to defer. Zebo. I want to hear your choice first before I make my final decision here. <laughs> Smart. Okay. All right. So uh, I, I think those are two great points. Two great points. Again, Giannis is a great player. I think if I think if he gets a jumper, um, he's, he's, he's going to be more dangerous than what he already is. But Bird... One people forget was six eight six nine, so he's he's up there. He's up there. He's tall. I mean, Giannis is what six eleven. He's six eleven. Uh, yeah, close to seven foot. Seven foot. Yeah. So yeah. So we're. I mean, you know, there's two inch difference, which could be could be big, could not be. I mean, like I said, they're they're up there. So when we look at the height difference, obviously Giannis is longer, but you know, Bird's Bird's still pretty tall. We got to remember. I mean, Bird almost. I mean, and it's hard comparing. You know, their their stats and team stats 
to obviously a one-on-one game. But you know, he no, he was no chump. I know, and it's just, just don't take this any type of way. He got the the, the negative connotation in a, a in what you would call a dominant African American game because he was white. But that soon got taken away because of the way he played. I mean, after a while, people were like, "Who is this white guy?" hooping you know like he, he is hooping you know and there's a difference between just you know he's going out there and he's doing his thing and hooping and i'm gonna i'm sorry i'm gonna have to say bird i i just think i think the way that he he could get his shots off he could get awkward shots off he had a dirt kind of of weird ass shot that he could get over taller players i i like what danny said giannis he, he can get and, and take up a lot of space but and that's the thing i tell a lot of players is if you're checking the ball up at the three-point line it's totally different taking up that space, you know, when, when it's, you know, check it up, check it up, and now this guy's in front of you, and I have to now go from zero to, you know, now maybe 20 miles, you know. I, I, I don't know if you guys probably kind of catch the – like a zero to 60. So if I'm going from zero yeah. to obviously right. to the other side, you know I'm saying, that's, that's very fast. But if I'm at here, I can probably only go from zero to 20. So in being said that, it's like, yeah, like, you know, Giannis is really good on the fast break. We're checking up. I think, like you said, if, if Bird can get a little step, you know, you better have some good handles or, you know, be able to kind of be quicker in that movement. So for the sake of this, man, I, I got to go Bird. I got to go Bird. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Donnie. I know that's your boy. Hey, man, it's okay. It's okay. It was tough for me, too, because Larry is, you know, as we said, I mean, he's Larry legend for a reason. But, Danny, I want to hear you. You're the deciding factor here. It's 1-1. Which way are you going to go? All right, I'll make this quick here, guys. After hearing Z go, after hearing you go, for me, when it comes down to this, me playing a couple of pickup games in my day, you know, I can rust off the old basketball shoes and play a little bit. I'm no Zebo, but you know, I, can, I can pay up a little bit. And for me, the person in these situations that I'm always going to lean towards, always in ISO, is the better jump shooter. Because for me, in this situation, if Larry Bird was 6'5", I think Giannis's power and long step would would equate to more. But I think Larry can get his thick man body in the way a little bit and stop a little bit of that strength. And I just think when it comes down to it, if you give Giannis a couple more years, I see that jump shot really getting sharper. And then we have another discussion. I think we have the same talk in three, four years. It's a different discussion. I think I'm picking Giannis. But as of now, because I have not quite seen that jump shot be quite as consistent as I want it, and I've seen Larry, like he said, throw it up over seven foot guys for his whole career i gotta lean towards larry in this situation simply because of the jump shooting ability but i do think you know first to 11 this might be like an 11 9 that comes down to a larry two at the end of at the end of the one-on-one so i'm gonna lean towards larry in this situation i'm glad that it was a debate because to be honest with you guys i was expecting both of you to really just poo-poo on Giannis and say that Larry is so far ahead, but I'm glad that you guys recognize just how close that matchup would be. All right, let's try and run through these for sake of time. Magic Johnson versus Steph Curry. I'm going to say it with no debate. It's Steph because of that one step, step back, or a crossover. He's going to hit a three nine times out of ten. I've got Steph. Who do you all have? I'm going with Steph too, man. I think he's he's really shifty. No disrespect to Magic. He's one of the greats, but like you said, he's really shifty, and when you got the best three-point shooter, and yes, I'm saying he is the best three-point shooter Agreed. of all time. Agreed. Um, he, when he needs about a, like a, a centimeter of space to shoot the ball, if that, you know, that, that's going to be really hard to guard. But like I said, he's, he's super shifty and super quick, and, and not only can he shoot, he can finish. I mean, people, again, it's a thing. He hasn't been playing a while, but he when he comes back, he's going to remind people he can finish really, really well. 
Um, so for the sake of, like you said, for the sake of this and make it quick, I'm, I'm going Steph. Danny, do I even have to ask you, Steph or Magic? I just want to bring up one highlight for you guys, which will I don't even have to answer. You remember what Steph Curry did to Chris Paul's ankles? <laughs> <laughs> How could we what not? Poor Ma- what do you think poor Magic is going to do with that? <laughs> Steph, Steph's going to start cooking. That might be an 11-0. I'm sorry. That might Ooh. be an 11 Make, make now, it take it. That's make a little it tough. It ones and twos. Ones and twos. It comes down to the coin flip. Because I'm telling you, Steph gets the coin flip on his side and starts cooking. It's a couple of threes, and then Magic's coming out, and then what? If Magic takes one step on a pump fake, Steph's got a layup. This, this for me was one of the easier ones. Truthfully, nobody can cook quite like Chef Kurt. Easy. Okay, I like that. All right. I don't think it would be eleven zero. Just you know, quick regard. But you know, I digress. Whatever. All right. Next matchup: two beasts. And again, I'm gonna make this one quicker because I think it is quick. Shaq versus the Dream, Hakeem Olajuwon. I say Shaq. I mean, when you think about crazy, just strength and sheer will to rip down a rim or shatter a backboard, to me it's Shaq, and I think he'd abuse Hakeem because I think just one or two dribbles, he could easily create ground and then maybe have a hop step and a two-handed back scratcher. Easy. What do you think, Zebo? Yeah, um, I think, yeah. I, I would think it's a lot closer than we think just because Hakeem does have that jumper. So if Shaq missed him, I think, you know, Hakeem might get a couple a couple on him just because, like I said, he can, he can get that midi um, off pretty well. But like you said, I, in my opinion, when you talk about dominance, you know, I would say Shaq's probably the most dominant player. And at, at one point, you know, when he was playing, the, you know, the most unstoppable player of all time, I, I got to go Shaq. I mean, there's no there's there's no debate on that one. He's, he's, he's Shaq. I mean, he's huge. Man. So for me, I'm going Shaq. Danny, what do you got? Shaq yeah. Diesel or the yeah. game? I agree with you guys. I mean, Hakeem does have one of the most legendary moves in basketball with that dream shake. And if you gave each of these guys a point guard <laughs> and you had them play against each other from the block, I still think it would be Shaq, but I think it would be a little bit closer. But like you guys hit, you hit all the points. Shaq's too dominant. He's too strong. The most dominant big. What can you do with that guy? Shaq, for me, is, is the right choice. All right, next matchup. Zebo, I want you to intro, intro this one for us uh, right below Shaq and Hakeem. Right below Shaq and Akeem, I got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Tim Duncan. Hmm. Um, when I when I look at this again, Kareem, one of the all-time greats. You go to Timmy, one of the all-time greats. Timmy's got a mini game, man. I mean, <laughs> if he's taking you know maybe a, a little jab step, one-two spin off that backboard, and it's it, it's cash. I mean. We, Kareem's known for a sky hook, but we got to remember we're not getting this ball at the block. We're getting this at the top of the key, so you got to have a you know somewhat of a little pat. But when I look at this man, I think this is one of the more easier ones, and that's no disrespect to Kareem because he's one of the all-time greats. I'm I'm going Tim just because, he, like I said, he, he's got a nice little jumper. Danny, what do you got for us? I'm with Zebo here, man. I got to be honest, like this one for me at first look, I was thinking. Yeah, Kareem's so long. Maybe he'll make life hard on Tim, but Zebo hit it, man. Timmy's mid-range game is nasty, and I've seen him break some ankles, man. He catches the ball on an elbow, pump fakes with the freaking lankiest body in NBA history, right? And everybody falls for it, takes two power dribbles to the elbow, bang, off the glass. For me, that's what this would come down to, and I think his couple power dribbles to the elbow would just be too much for Kareem. Like like Z said, man, if, if Kareem, like you said, had a point guard, you give him a point guard, get him, a, get him the ball down at the free throw line, 
maybe it's a different bet, but Kareem can't dribble from the top of the key. Let's be honest. Tim can do just enough to win this one. This is pretty easy as well. I agree with Zebo. Tim Duncan all the way. I'm going to agree with you guys just because I loved watching that Spurs team, you know, back in the you know late 2010s, you know, through 2014 before Kawhi left, or uh, really before, you know, Everybody else started to take over, like the Warriors. So I've got Timmy D in that one. Uh, again, for the sake of time, I want to you know even just preview our next two. But I think our next two are they may even be more of a wash than LeBron over Harden. Allen Iverson versus John Stockton. Can any of us say that John Stockton would maybe score three or four points? If that, uh, I I think this. If anyone is going to be a, if we could pick one bracket in here, say eleven zero. <laughs> uh, I'm going with this one right here. I'm, and, and again, John Stockton was a good NBA player, but AI I think is one of the coldest one v one. I mean, the late shot clock get to get a bucket there is. So I mean, I'm, I'm I would say that would be the closest we'd get to eleven zero. Danny, what do you think? God bless John Stockton, but how did he even make this bracket, man? <laughs> like, like, he's a classic player. I would never take him off some of the, the list of the greatest, right? But you, this would be a better conversation if it was Carl Malone versus Allen Iverson. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong in saying that? I no. think Zebo hit this on the head, man. AI is about as ISO one-on-one. That's how he came up at the park taking money from older guys type of player you can come up with. And John Stockton isn't. So, yeah, AI, AI, I might give John Stockton one. Okay, one. one. That's fair. He's a Hall of Fame point guard. Give him one. All right, so AI moves on. Uh, In the bottom half of our – or the bottom section, I should say, of our left side, Bill Russell against Oscar Robertson and Charles Barkley against Dirk Nowitzki. Who are y'all's two winners from those two matchups? I'm going to go Oscar in that sense, Mr. Tripped Up. Plus, he had a pretty good mini game. I don't think Bill's – Bill's going to be able to recover if he gets, you know, one, two dribbles and keep it quick. I mean, we could spend a lot of time on that because I know me and my buddies did, but the Dirk Charles Barkley, I mean, Dirk is one of the greatest sevens, but I mean, got got a great midi game. But Chuck was, was had a good D and was super powerful, but I think at the end, Dirk is going to pull that one out. I had, I had Dirk 11-9 against Charles, so I don't think that's any disrespect to Chuck. I'm going to go ahead and before Danny gets into it, I'm going to 100% agree with you about Oscar Robertson. You know, Mr. Triple Double, uh, I think he wins over Bill Russell. Again, I'm thinking about these first steps because we know that, of course, three dribbles is not a lot when you think about it. But if Oscar Robertson gets one step on Bill Russell, uh, good night, you know, Bill. No disrespect because, you know, one of the greatest. But for the bottom one, man, I grew up, you know, watching Dirk Nowitzki. I idolized him uh, when I played. I loved, you know, just how. It looked like it was effortless when he caught that ball on the three-point line, and whether it was a pump fake and you know one dribble bank shot, mid-range shot, or if it was just a catch and shoot three, he's unguardable. He, I think, honestly, he doesn't get enough respect, you know, when it comes to his greatness and what he did for the game and being international as well. I'm gonna say Dirk too to finish out that left side. Danny, close it out for us on this left side. No debates for me. Oscar's a little bit too shifty for Bill there. I think that's just a tough matchup for Bill. I mean, he, he's not going to have enough dribble to get anywhere to where he wants to go from the top of the key, so Oscar too shifty. And I agree with this Dirk versus Barkley. I'd love to get a couple more old heads on this discussion, right? Maybe they have a different point of view for us, but, you know, Zebo said it, right? Charles Barkley was strong. He played with power. But Dirk, Dirk is no slouch, man. This guy's pretty strong himself, and he's seven feet tall. So, 
like I said, when it came down to Giannis versus Larry, I'm going to have to go with the better jump shooter. And Dirk, for me, is a dark horse in this bracket because, like you said, he's got length. So you're not just going to sprint by him on defense and get an easy layup or anything like that. He's got length on him. It's going to be a tough jump shot over his head. And he concocted maybe the most technically sound shot to get over quality defense. So for me, Dirk, that, that one, you know, you said 11-9, Zebo. I think you're giving Charles a lot of credit in this type of situation. I think that's more like an 11-6, 11-5 there, to be 100% honest. So, yeah, I, I no, no, uh, no complaints from me from y'all's choices. All right, let's move over to the right side. Uh, again, trying to keep this rather quick. We know we've got a lot to get into. Uh, Michael Jordan against the glove, Gary Payton. Especially after last night, it's no question, MJ. Zebo, Danny, do y'all disagree? Do not disagree there. All right, so MJ moves on. Danny, do you disagree? <laughs> I, <I'm> not, <laughs> I don't even know why I asked you. I'm not that crazy, so no. <laughs> okay, next we've got two modern guys that I really want to get into to me, when you look at like a bracket, you think about you know the NCAA tournament. This one feels like an eight-nine game. Kyrie Irving against Chris Paul. I'm gonna say Kyrie because I think Kyrie ability-wise, I've heard Jeff Van Gundy say it. I've heard you know Max Kellerman say it. We know how he uh, gets scrutinized every now and then. Maybe one of the most talented players ever to hold a basketball. I say Kyrie, and it's not close. What do y'all say? Uh, oh, okay. So I definitely think Kyrie. I think it's close. Because Chris Paul ain't no chump either, but I got to go Kyrie. I got to go Kyrie. Kyrie, I mean, when it comes to pure handles, I mean, I know, and, and it, it, it hurts. I wouldn't say it hurts me to say this because I think Steph is up there in handles, but I would have to say Kyrie probably has the best handles of all time. But, you know, I, I really like Steph's handles. So, again, Danny, don't get on me because <laughs> I know that's your boy. But, uh, yeah, Kyrie, I mean, when it comes to just, again, when we look at an AI-type player where you can just handle the ball and then you go to finishing, and, and he's got a good mini game. I mean, when you look at these games, like you said, and you and you look at a 1v1 player, you want to make sure he's got a good mini game, and, and you add the type of handles where the ball looks like there's a string and he's just like a yo-yo almost that's coming straight back. I mean, that's hard to guard. So, after you know, like, like I said, after, after I look at that, i got to go Kyrie, man. Danny, what do you think? Kyrie or CP? I got two words for you boys here with this one. Uncle Drew. <laughs> I could have I could have guessed that. This guy is the king of the of the hardwood 1v1. Kyrie Irving all the way. And Zebo, hey, I appreciate that with Steph's handle, but I agree with you. Kyrie's got the best handle of all time. So yeah, this is a pretty easy one for me. Kyrie's moving on. All right, I'm going to try and go two at a time uh, just to ramp up the speed so we can get the more of the you know, quarterfinal, semifinal matchups. All right, Jason Kidd versus Isaiah Thomas. Danny, you start one word. Who wins this one? Isaiah for me. Uh, Zebo. I'm going Zeke, man. Mm, yeah, I can't really. I can't go against Isaiah Thomas, uh, especially that Bad Boys documentary, getting to see what he did against guys like Jordan, against guys like Johnson. Isaiah Thomas moves on. All right. A little bit of an old head one. Walt Frazier against Bob Cousy. First, you know, reaction, who wins that game? Zebo. Oh, I'm going Walt all day. Um, Bob Cousy, great, outstanding guy, but it goes in the court. I think that's another one, which a lot of players or a lot of people might not know just because of the footage. Um, I think Walt's beating him maybe 11-1. I mean, the, 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 he's 6'3", 6'4". Bob Cousy's 6'0 on a good day. Um <laughs> Pull up jumpers got a great mid. I mean, he's 
he was probably what you would say was like the ultimate, you know, mid-range game before the mid-range game kind of even even became a thing. Um, but yeah, I, I got to go Walt Frazier. Okay. Yep, I agree. I agree. You ain't got to intro me. Walt is moving on. Too big, <laughs> too shifty there. Bob doesn't have a chance. Walt's right. moving on. These last four matchups we got on the far right side are really exciting. Uh, D Wade versus T Mac. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm think. Oh man, this one. This one may be closer than Kyrie CP. I think. I think that. Yeah. I know Zebo's in pain listening to this one right now. Yeah. I'm gonna say uh, like, this one. I mean, I'm gonna go prime T Mac. What prime T Mac could have been if he had never gotten those injury problems? I say T Mac in this one. What do y'all say? Danny, what you got? Oh man, for me, Donnie, I think you got this one wrong, man. Prime Flash. I think people disrespect Prime Flash a little bit too much. We're talking about scoring champion Prime Flash here. We're talking about a couple of defensive teams. We're talking about thirteen-time All Star here, Mister Consistent. Nah, nah, nah. For me, I, I, I like where your head's at, uh, Donnie, because I do think T Mac did have some some unfortunate scenarios, which maybe held back his uh, his potential. But for me, this is Flash all the way. All right, Zebo, close us out. Tiebreaker, what do we got? Danny, I am sorry. I have to disagree. Ooh. When we talk about one of the most effortless scorers in the game, 6'9", shooting, you know, moving like he's a 6'3", 6'4", guard, I got to go T-Mac. I mean, I li- you know, I'm a Lando boy, so he was, he was kind of what put, you know, before, obviously we had Shaq, but really made a name for the Magic and get to see him up close. I mean, I got to see him score 62 in person at, at the TD Waterhouse. I mean, Kobe Bryant said it himself. He was the hardest, probably the hardest player he ever had to guard in his career. And I think it was just because, again, you got a player that's 6'9", that can, that can move, that is quick, but it can also jump out of the gym. Again, D. Wade, that's no disrespect. I think D. Wade is the third best shooting guard of all time. But I think when it comes to this game and, and D-Wade's checking up to Tracy. Tracy's 6'9". Again, he's he's got to do 1-2 and he rises up. D-Wade's not contesting that. And we all know Tracy's got that nice mid-range game. So, I'm sorry, man. i got to go Tracy on this one. Mm, okay, so hey, T-Mac moves on. Go ahead, I can I can take an L, boys. I like, that was a close <laughs> one for me, though. But, yeah, no, I, I, I had flash. But I'll, I'll take y'all's, uh, y'all's wisdom over mine. All right, quick gut reaction. Reggie Miller versus Prime Ray Allen. Who wins? Uh, I've got to go Reggie. I know me and uh, Danny were talking about this one when we, uh, on Insta when I posted this. i got to go Reggie. Uh, no disrespect to Ray, but I think Reggie's just – and I know we're playing a lot of – talking a lot of offense, um, but we gotta we got to remember you got to play defense too, and Reggie had no problem getting – I mean, we'll prob- I'm, I'm willing to bet in these next couple uh, last dances we're going to see some, some Reggie-Michael action soon. But, uh, I mean – I mean, he had no problem going up because what people would say is, is the greatest of all time. And, and not only that, but talking trash. And when it comes to 1v1, and I don't know how many 1v1s you guys have played in your life, but it's like, you know, there could be a player that's, uh, you know, a little bit better, a lot better than another player. But if, if one player's got that dog in him and knows how to talk trash and is scrappy, he might squeeze one out. And, again, Ray Allen's really good. But i got to go Reggie. Great, great pull-up jumper. Um, plays D. He's got that dog in him. Danny, what do you got? Yeah, I'm I'm with Zebo here, man. Reggie's long, trash talk. I think I think that next that next round is is a is a spotlighted matchup with T Mac versus Reggie. So yeah, I'm going Reggie for sure here. Too long, too much defense, too easy. 
Man, I'm, I'm sad that Ray Allen didn't get the love I think he deserves. Uh, I think that prime Ray Allen, when he was with the Bucks and, and with the Sonics, I think he was one of, if not the most athletic jump-shooting guards I think the early 2000s saw. Um, again, you know, a champion, but again, in this one, you know, Reggie gets it. I would pick Ray, but majority rules, so Reggie Miller moves on. All right, real quickly for these last two. Clyde versus Kobe. I mean, I love Clyde the Glide, and, you know, rest in peace to Kobe. Kobe wins this one, I think. I would say 11-4. What do you guys say? I, I don't, I mean, if you guys know anything about me, I don't think I need to answer this. Kobe's <laughs> winning this 11-5, so <laughs> Best answer yet, I Danny? Can, not only can I not disagree with that choice, I really can't disagree with the score here. I think Kobe's <laughs> got so much in the mentality. He puts negative points on your score before the game even starts. So, yeah, Kobe here. He's... <laughs> All right, KG against AD. I've got AD. I mean, this is another, I think this is another A, 8 9 seed, but I don't know if you guys seen that film of, of KG playing the full court one on one with the other pros. I got to go KG, man. And again, this is hard because I like AD. I mean, he, I'm a Laker fan. He's a, he's a Laker right now. He's really good. But again, when we talked about dog and just this, this, the psycho within your head, I mean, I think, I think not only is, is again, KG going to do it because he's got a good mid range, but. I, I again no disrespect to AD, but he's crazy. I mean, KG is crazy, and I think when it comes to one v one, and you talk about trash talk, you talk about defense. I gotta go prime KG. Right. Yeah, for, for for me coming in, man, I got a little bit of bias here. Honestly, I, I was a Boston guy before I was anything because my dad's from Boston, and KG gave me too many good memories. And I truly would call him a taller version of Reggie Miller. When we talk about what we were talking about about Reggie, KG's the same. He's had to go against some of the best guys. And in a one-on-one session, I mean, that dude's got some moves on the elbow. So, yeah, I got to go with KG here as well. All right, so Kobe and KG is our next matchup. We're going to go right into it and then go circle back around. Um, in this Sweet 16, LeBron versus Larry. Danny, intro us off. Uh, yeah, for me, this is just – LeBron is, is – that, He's not, he's not human. Reason. He's not human. For me, he's just too strong, too fast in this situation. He's got a ball handling, mid-range jumper. Like he's got it. He can put he can put a body on you. For for me, I just think it comes down to a little bit more who can lock it down. I think LeBron can lock it down a little bit more than Larry. So I got LeBron here. Zebo, what do you have? Yeah, I don't I, I don't disagree with any of that. <laughs> I think it's LeBron. Maybe maybe eleven maybe eleven two eleven three. Okay. I'm gonna give Bird you know benefit of the doubt. He'll get, he'll get a couple. I don't, I don't think LeBron's going to go 11 for 11. But, yeah, it's, I mean, again, he's, like you said, he's a freak. I think he's the, when you, when you attest a lot of all sport, probably the, the greatest athlete of all time. I mean, it's just, I don't know if you guys seen him play the, the, the football. Like, he was playing football. He could have went Division One football. It's, again, it's hard to hard to play against someone that, that that's pretty good at, at everything. So, I'm going LeBron, man. Uh, fair. I also say LeBron only because, like you said, eleven three pure dominance on defense. Larry, you know, respect to you, but sorry, you've got an early exit. All right, this one's going to be pretty interesting, and I want to hear y'all's debates. Steph against Shaq. Oh my gosh! Um, I don't know if Donnie had the pleasure of meeting uh, Lee McCall. I know, I know, Danny has. He was a former Wingate basketball player and, and current TikTok. Uh, phenom, uh, I guess you would say, influencer, and we probably were on this conversation for about thirty minutes. And he is Team Shaq, and I say Steph. I, I mean, it's 
it's a tough one because I think, again, if, if Steph gets the ball first, I think he's scoring about seven, eight straight. So I would say, let's just say seven. I think if he misses, Shaq gets about, you know, three or four, four or five in a row just because of pure dominance. But I think he's going to miss at least one maybe little hop step floater. I think Steph closes it out after that 11-7. I think he closes it out, gets about four uh, four more shots, you know, to, to cap to 11. To be honest with you, before you get into it, Danny, Zebo, I disagree with you. I think that I think about, you know, the the game that is not, the NBA anymore, which is, you know, modern, when, or not modern, when it comes to the old days when it was mid-range influenced or, you know, back to the basket, just going to work. And I see Steph as a baby. I see Shaq as a grown man. And in this case, specifically, not to disrespect Steph, because I think he's one of the best ever uh, when it comes to offensive or just influencers of the game. If Shaq, I'm telling you guys, if Shaq gets a chance to just turn around and and back down Steph for two dribbles, he can spin and turn around and throw it off the backboard to himself and just cock it back and slam it. I mean, to me, well, it's... It's one shot, one shot. We're going one shot here. Okay, so no self-value. Yeah, no self-value. Ah, okay. Then you, could just, you could shoot as many times as you want, get the rebound. Okay, yeah, then... I, mean, to, I didn't mention that. It's one shot. Still, I, I think still in that case, it's Shaq. I feel like I know what Danny's going to say, but do you guys do you guys see at least my logic on that one? No, I definitely do. I not to if Danny were going to say something, not to cut you off, but I think I you definitely do. It's just again, I think if they shoot the ball, Steph's getting it automatically. And and again, we talk about dominance. I think you know we talk about the most dominant shooter of all time. Shaq is Shaq going to be all up on Steph? Is he going to guard him close up? Because if he is, I think Steph's going to blow by him. But Shaq can't give him any space because if he gives him space, we already know Steph needs a centimeter of. of, of a space to shoot. So again, I can see what you're saying. I just think I think Shaq is going to miss one, and I think the very fact that Steph would get ball first is what would hurt Shaq. Okay, Danny, close us out. What do you have? Yeah, for me, I just think Steph has too many ways to score in this situation. I think a key thought of it was like what you were saying: if Shaq could miss and get the rebound, miss and get the rebound, this is probably 11-0. If we're being honest here, but since it's one shot, we're talking about. And I'll say it again, Zebo said it, the best three-point shooter of all time, okay? So, for me, like he said, Shaq can't give him any space. I think Steph would cook all over him. All right, so Steph will move on, and we'll face LeBron in the Elite Eight on the top side. But on the bottom side, uh, again, just trying to keep this quicker, um, just so we can get into our final matchups, Timmy D against AI and Oscar against Dirk. I'm going to go Dirk and AI. What do you all say? I agree. I agree. Awesome, I'm Danny. with that. Okay, perfect. Unanimous here. Perfect. Unanimous here. Let's move on. All right, now we've got some more exciting ones on this side. This would be a matchup that I would pay a lot of money to see. MJ against Kyrie Irving, both in their prime. Even though I'd pay a lot of money, I would know the outcome. MJ, I say by six or seven. What do you all say? I, I agree with that. I think that's a, just a tough little second rounder. To not only put Kyrie, but obviously Michael in. Um, but yeah, I'm going. I'm going. MJ. I mean, you can't match. The you can't exactly. Time. You can't, Danny. And, and yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I I think people do forget with Michael's offensive greatness that he was also a defensive player of the year here. So yeah, MJ's yeah. winning that one. I think uh, he's got a little bit too much dog in him for for Kyrie. All right, I, I really want to get through these because some of these elite eight matchups could be really exciting. Isaiah against Walt Frazier. Who do you all have? 
Bone Zeke, man. Bone Zeke. Danny? That one's, that one's a little tougher for me because of how small Zeke is. I mean, I know he could play some defense, but he came out and even said 6'1 was a lie. He's more 5'11. So this one, for me, would be tough. But, yeah, I, I think I might lean towards Zeke here also. I just think he's got that bad boy dog in him still to win these one-on-ones. So I, I'm, I'm with him with that too. I like the reference to bad boys. That was a good little plug. All right. These last ones on the right side, T-Mac against Reggie, Kobe against KG. I love the Lakers-Celtics matchup on the bottom, and as Zebo knows, as Danny knows, Kobe was the guy that got me to fall in love with basketball, so I'm only going to do him right by picking him over Kevin Garnett, but I want to hear what y'all's input is first on T-Mac against Prime Reggie. Uh, I'm going I'm going T-Mac, man. Again, talk about just, like, and I don't know if that was you, Donnie, or you, Danny, just saying, what could have been, I mean, what could have been, with, you know, we talk about the injuries that he had and, you know, obviously kind of bouncing from team to team, but he, he was he was dominant when it came to scoring and, and getting to the basket. So I, I got to go T-Mac. I, I mean, he's my second favorite player of all time. So, you know, I you could say I'm biased, but I don't, I don't think that's it's disrespectful and, and, Reggie's, and Reggie's, you know, state to say that, I, you know, T-Mac would win this one. Danny, what do you think? I'm with you guys. You sold me on T-Mac. If he's taking down Flash, he's taking down Reg. And Kobe, <laughs> there, there's no debate there. So I'm with it. Kobe, T-Mac, moving on. All right, Danny, I want you to start us on this one, the Elite Eight. Your two favorite guys, I feel like. LBJ against Steph Curry. Who wins? Um, This one is hard for me because, you know, I'm a Steph guy at heart, but I've seen this a couple too many times and a couple too many finals. Steph boogies a little bit and then dishes it off to somebody else. And so, unfortunately, I got to pick the King in this matchup. King's taking over Steph. He's just too big, too strong, too versatile. Braun's moving on. Zebo, any disagreements? I don't disagree. Let me ask you guys this. How many, you know, out of, let's say they played, say they played 10 games. How many do you think Steph's winning out of those 10 games? Mm, I'm going mm, to say three or four. I think it's honestly closer only because of Steph's ability to create space. But at the end of the day, like Danny said, LeBron is sheer just a dominant force. But I don't think it's a it's a blowout like some people may imagine. Danny, what do you think? Uh, I'm, I completely agree. I'd say three or four for the simple fact that Steph shoots about, what, 47% three-pointer <laughs> mostly every year. So four of ten, he'll win. But LeBron wins in the big moment. All right, moving on to the bottom. AI against Dirk. Zebo, I'm going AI, man. And again, that's tough because Dirk is almost a foot. Actually, he's a foot, a, probably a foot and an inch taller than AI. But again, when you talk about the quickness and and just the the, the handles within him, I think he's blown by Dirk every time. I think it's going to be a little closer than what you would think, but I, I I think again he gives him a dribble one you know one two and he's to the rack and he's again he's a good finisher as well, but. I'm going to A.R. Iverson. All right. I also agree. Danny, A.I., no no question, right? Yeah, for me, he's got too many ways to get by Dirk. Dirk's got the jumper, nothing. A.I.'s got too many weapons. I think A.I. moves on. All right. These ones on the right are, I mean, I think the top one, let's just go ahead and get it settled. MJ moves on, yeah? I mean, all loved Isaiah Thomas, but there's no chance, right? Yes. Okay. Danny? We've seen that story a couple of times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. MJ moves on in that one. Exactly. Sure. Real life. All right. Now, prime T-Mac against prime Kobe. This would be 
oh my gosh, I can't even imagine the magnitude of this one. I'm going to say Kobe. Uh, and again, you know, rest in peace to one of the greatest. But even if, you know, Kobe was around to this day, you know, I think I know many people have, you know, kind of just tried to say they were Kobe fans, but I can definitely attest. I know I've got my Kobe jersey literally right behind me on my wall. Um, I say Kobe, and I really can't see another way that this, you know, matchup goes. What do y'all think? I agree. Again, I agree. Uh, again, I think that's probably one of the toughest matchups in here. You know, we said MJ and Kyrie, and but I, I think I think it, it goes down to Kobe Bryant, just sheer will. And again, like like we were saying about Michael, Kobe is great defender. I mean, a great defender, probably one of the best, if not the best. I wouldn't, you know, Mike Mike kind of gives him a run for his money, but I'm going Kobe. All right, our final four. Dan, okay, before I go into that, I'm sorry, Danny, I left you off. Kobe wins, right? Nah, no complaints for me. Kobe, easy. <laughs> All right, now, final four. LBJ against Allen Iverson and Jordan against Kobe. Literally going, you know, Kobe looking at Jordan, kind of like that Spider-Man meme where you're looking at each other thinking, you know, oh, you're me, I'm you. Literally, I think Kobe is the second coming of Jordan. I think we all can agree to that. It may be one of the most cliche sports takes ever, but again, that's why, again, you know, Kobe mirrored his game off of MJ and it showed. But let's go to the left side first. LeBron James against Allen Iverson. Who wins to 11? Danny, who you got? Uh, this is tough for me, honestly, because AI's handle and he's such a dog. But for me, I only think one guy steps over another one in this matchup. And I think that's the king stepping over AI. I got to be honest. I, I just think. I think you, you've never seen LeBron in 1v1 dog side of him because he's such a good passing teammate. He is the best passing teammate for me that you could possibly that you could possibly have. So for me, not only is he a better basketball player, but I think he's better in this situation too. So I, I got to lean towards LeBron. All right, Zebo, what do you got? Uh, I definitely, uh, again, I definitely agree. I think it's going to be a little closer than what people think just because of the quickness. And I mean, Again, LeBron's been known to be one of the best shot blockers in, in not only our time, but, you know, with the Mike Beard, or sorry, excuse me, Kobe time. But uh, I got to go LeBron. Again, he's, he's 6'8", six, six, you know, 6'9", 250 pounds. Uh, and I think when it, if it were to be close and it came down to it, he's got to take one, two dribbles and, and lay it in. So um, I'm going LeBron James on this one. All right, LeBron moves the championship. Now we've got one more matchup to settle before that final matchup. MJ against Kobe. Whoever wants, take the floor. Who do we have? Zebo, start us off here. Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> again, uh, like you said, it's a mirror. It's a mirror. You know, one's looking at the other. The other's looking at, at the same person. Um, I, Again, it's going to sound biased because, like, you know, like everyone says, I'm, I am a huge Kobe fan. And I think when you look at each other, you know, it's, it's almost the same. But when it comes down to who is more athletic – I would go Kobe. So when I look at it, and they both count every, you know, they both play defense the same way. They both, you know, finish the same way. But when it goes to sheer athleticism, and I think I would say just sheer, and I don't even want to say sheer will to win because, again, we're in this thing where we've seen how Michael wants to win. But, you know, it's that Mamba mentality. I, I, I got to go Kobe, man. I got to go Kobe. And a lot of people are going to disagree with me. But when we talk about 1v1 and not a team aspect, I, I think Kobe's winning this one. All right, Danny, what do we have? This is so, so, so <laughs> tough, man. It pains me too, Danny. I'm, I'm debating right now while you talk. 
Man, you know what's funny? As I'm looking through the stats, when you talk about defense, they basically the same. When you talk about scoring, it's close. And, man, I was trying to be sneaky, guys. I logged onto the computer. I'm like, this is going to come down to one shot. Who's got more game winners? This is going to decide. <laughs> they have the exact same. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's not, painful. I, this, is this is absolutely incredible. If I had to pick one, one stat, there's nothing. I, it's, this is so hard. Oh, man. You know what? I'm, I'm going to be a jerk to my co-host here, and simply for the joy of entertainment, I'm going to pick MJ just mm. so we can have a deciding vote. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, my quick thing is, looking at it now, <sighs> this is hard. This is hard. I really do think that when it comes down to it, between those three guys, I mean, the three guys that are left, I think are the three best players to ever play the game. But for me, like Zebo said, I think about... I think about the classics. I think about games where Kobe would have, you know, 40, 45, eight rebounds, zero assists. And, you know, people would hate on him. Even though Kobe, I think, was a phenomenal passer. If you look at beyond just the statistics, it's like Zebo said, man, that Mamba mentality. I don't see I don't see Kobe ever losing a you know, when you think of that dream scenario in your head, I don't ever see Kobe losing a one on one game, ever. Just because of how good he was, about how consistent he was. How meticulous, man, how he would literally study Jordan's moves step for step. So It's like he already knows what's coming to an extent when you think about it like that. So I'm going to say Kobe. Kobe moves on to the championship game. I am sorry to all those Michael it. fans out there. I do think this can be you know, for another episode because we've already exhausted our NBA talk for today. I do think Michael is the GOAT over LeBron, but we're going to get into that a different day. Um, I'm more of the Skip Bayless that you know Michael can't be beat. Uh, but all right, this is gonna you know preview our championship matchup: LeBron James against Kobe Bryant, two of the best to ever do it, two of the best to put on a basketball shoe. Zebo, I want to start with you. Who wins this matchup between LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, both in their prime? I I'm gonna go if we go back to, and and again, a lot of people want to crap on me for this story, but if we go back to the All Star game, I think it was 2013. And LeBron James has caught the ball, and Kobe Bryant's guarding him. And LeBron James goes up, and Kobe Bryant blocks the shot and goes down and dunk it. They call a timeout, I think, after it, and they go to the, the locker room. And, and again, full disclosure, this is actually a real story I've heard from an NBA player. I'm not going to say his name. When I was back home, but they're telling the story. And they looked at LeBron, and they said, you know what he's doing, right? No, no, no. no. And this was obviously, you know, LeBron's been in the league for a little bit. But they said, he's checking you. You need to go at him. And and we obviously know who kind of won the outcome of that, that situation to a lot of, you know, to the, the naked eye to most people that would have been like, oh, it was the All-Star game, whatever. But there's a lot of stuff. I mean, if you guys watch this other All-Star game, you know, and which, which a great All-Star game it was, you know, they were playing for real. They said, you know, a lot of times people don't think we're trying to go at it with each other. We're trying to do this. But there's certain situations where it's like, okay, there's a, there's a situation I can go at this guy. I've been wanting to go at this guy. And now i got the opportunity. I mean, when we, like you said, when we talk about just sheer mob mentality, you're not going to beat me. I'm going Kobe, man. Again, it's going to sound biased. Everyone knows I love Kobe Bryant, but when we talk about one of the best, if not the best, mid-range game um, in the in the NBA has ever seen, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with with Dean Bryant. May he rest in peace. May Gianna rest in peace. But I'm going Kobe, man. All right, Danny. That was a Zebo set the stage for you. So so don't fumble, man. 
Zebo, that that was good, man. That that was great. I appreciate the story. <laughs> but if we're talking about who's the most complete basketball player that's ever walked the planet, most complete. You heard me. Don't don't get it twisted here. I, I'm not saying anything except for me. Most complete basketball player that's ever walked, and in my eyes, the best, most skilled player. However. We are not debating who's the best player ever. We are talking about a one-on-one, no fouls called, three dribbles. And at the end of the day, boys, I got to end it with this. Whose name do we yell when we hit fadeaways, throwing homework crinkled up into the trash can? Kobe. 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 We yell Kobe. So for me, it comes down to that. It comes down to the dog in him. I have to agree with Zebo here, man. In a 1v1, I truly do not think anyone beats Kobe Bryant. Danny, I was part of me was kind of hoping that you'd choose LeBron because I really wanted to just take the air out of the room and pick Kobe and, and upset you and kind of just set the stage and, and talk about, you know, what a great player he was. But I think it's it's weird enough to say I, we, you know, clean sweep Kobe over LeBron. Kobe wins this entire tournament I think one-on-one he is the best player of all time Um, and again I know you weren't talking about you know LeBron's as you mentioned most complete I think and again this is for another day another you know podcast LeBron is I mean I think everybody knows LeBron's more of an athlete than he is a basketball player I'm not taking away from his basketball abilities because he very well be could be the NBA's you know leading scorer he's going to be up there in assists he's going to be up there with games played you know championships but Kobe is just like we said, he's a dog, and like Danny, you just said, you don't yell, you don't throw a piece of you know paper into the trash can and yell LeBron. I've never heard someone say that. It's always Kobe. It'll always be Kobe for until the end of time, and that will cap off our basketball bracket when it comes to one on one, two eleven, three dribbles. Kobe Bryant beats LeBron James in the championship game. I'm surprised because we said at the beginning there may be some debates. I feel like we all pretty much had level heads, and we agreed, for the most part, the entire bracket, no? Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's, there's, a, there's a, like you said, there was a couple in there that were, were super easy and a couple in there that were, were kind of tough. I think, um, obviously, like you said, time sensitivity, uh, that can kind of diminish some stuff. But, I mean, hey, like you said, there's 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 plenty of other brackets out there. I know there was a, 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 a time, you know, a, a modern game now, bracket they had one like i said i'll I'll add one person i'm surprised they didn't have on there was was kevin durant and and no disrespect to any of the players on there i think kevin durant's gone very very far if he was added to uh added to that bracket danny what are your thoughts yeah i mean i agree with what z's saying man if kd was on there we're talking about a guy who can get a shot up over anyone and one of the coldest shooters from all over the court so i think kd would have had his say in this debate but yeah i mean you're right a couple debates in there you know a couple decisions and i'm sure people listening are going to have their moments during this where they're saying what what are these guys talking about you haven't seen the classics whatever yeah but we're only three guys okay and that and that at the end of the day this is our generation we're all from the same one kobe wins that generation he is the nastiest guy you could possibly write up for a one-on-one tournament he's my first pick and that's who wins not much else to be said uh, real quickly I know this is a very you know small point and one that may have many of you may not have noticed but our last episode I mentioned some news from uh, the White House and Dr. Anthony Fauci and Donald Trump my mom 
love you, Mom, actually corrected me. I mentioned Dr. Fauci being with the CDC. He is actually the director of the National Institute of, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases since 1984. So thank you, Mom, for you know holding me accountable like mamas always do. Uh, but again, just wanted to get that quickly in there. Uh, to cap it off. Zebo, thank you so much, man, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, it was so much fun having you, and thanks for bringing this bracket uh, to our attention. You know, gave us a pretty good debate. Of course, man. No, anytime, man. I, I love doing this. I love sports, and I love shoes. Hey, we'll have to get on another time and talk strictly shoes, but uh, no, I appreciate y'all coming, uh, or, excuse me, y'all having me on, and y'all stay safe out here. Hopefully all this, you know, ends you know ends pretty quickly and and we can probably get back together and off off the you know off the podcast talk about this because i know if we, we get into get into it and have all the time in the world it can get pretty heated for zarek lawler our guest today danny belcito my co-host donnie shirell here thank you again for kicking it with breezy and don c we are out <laughs>